Hello and welcome to Michael and Vanka's Grand Podcast. Weekly uh, rambling chats elevated by some beautiful little scraps of music I made. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. This week we're going to bite the bullet and talk about the UK general election and hopefully not make fools of ourselves. Yeah, myself. Anyway, I don't. But know, I think I'm. I think there's there's high risk of foolery today. We it needs to be talked about. <laughs> like we've got this episode and the the next episode, uh, which we're recording together. That uh, before the before you have to vote. So we're gonna just address what we can. I, but you know, I, I keep making mental notes to do some research and then bring those to the podcast and then. I just don't want to. I just, it's just not as entertaining as US politics. Is but, it not? You know, I sat in front of a lot of uh, the um, impeachment inquiry stuff. Like, it was just like, turned it on. It was like, yeah, I'm just watching this. And then I just wished that whenever I turned on British politics, it wasn't like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> I'm going to force myself to engage with this subject. And Ivanka's going to help me using her high level of political engagement that she Uh-oh, has. Oh, that she claims to have. It's <laughs> really so made up. Okay, well, let's um, go into it. Ivanka, hello. 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 It has been two weeks since we've spoken. I've had a little holiday. I've been to Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire. Oh, Nottinghamshire. Where in Nottinghamshire? Arnold. Arnold. That's where my brother lives, maybe? I think. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Lucky him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Nottingham. I grew up in there and... I don't know. I don't really like It's expensive we, to go back. <laughs> we were driving through Arnold and we're looking at it and it's like Arnold in particular, Derbyshire is beautiful, mm-hmm. stunningly beautiful, I think. And then you drive into Arnold and you, it just looks like one of those places that was put together. It's like it's a pit town and it's kind of put together without any love for the people who are going to live there. It just, you know, it's not like, you you know, you see pictures of these estates that were designed, you know, and there's like a cycle. We were talked about this as, mm. as we were driving through. You know, here's a bit of green space and here's a thing. It's just, here's, here's, a, here's some walls with a roof. Yeah. You know, it's just not very nice. I once worked with somebody from the, the that Joseph Roundtree Trust, the one that knows oh, one everything know about, about poverty. I know about from reading out the poverty yeah. report. She uh, and she uh, she was like she was kind of uh, one of these people that was had made these assumptions that I was sort of rich middle class, you know, whatever. Mm. And we were talking. And I was like, yeah, you know, my and so we were, we were having a, you know, a, a sort of like a underprivileged. DNA off yeah. <laughs> and then I, I mentioned Arnold and she was like oh that is a shithole <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I just double checked, and my brother's in Bakersfield, not oh. Arnold, so he's safe from. I don't know anything about to, Bakersfield. Well, it's it's down and to the right a little bit. I mean, obviously, I don't know enough about the Nottingham area to, to differentiate between two apparently very different areas. Um, well, it's not even Nottingham particularly, is it? Uh, no. Well, that sounds um, delightful. Sounds like a delightful experience. So it's all family. Yes, people. it is family people. Mm. So I saw some my my uh, Sharon's family people uh, last week as well. So we both did a bit of visiting our, you know, significant yeah, yeah, yeah. others' families. Um, mine was in Milan, of course. So much more exciting and interesting. Actually, it just. Um, Pissed it down, it's raining just in the whole Italian. Time. That's the only difference. It's, it's in Italian, but I'd <laughs> finished my ninety mornings of half an hour of Italian two days before we left, so I was I I, I understood a good percentage more of the um, largely uh, administrative conversations that, right. that I had previously yeah, that. missed out on. <laughs> what time are we going to do this? When are we going to go? What? Where are we going to go? What is? You know, it's a lot of. Um, so now I know. I was I didn't feel quite as in the in the dark as I had in the past. So that That's was nice. Such a pleasant feeling, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. You know, just to not feel like, and they could be talking about anything, mm-hmm. and you have no idea. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's yeah. nice. Other news: AWS paid back, paid up. So I got my money back. That is great. From that that mistake I made. Just tune into. A previous episode to find out what the hell I'm talking about. So I did get Jeff did give me my money back, so that's fine. UK politics. My favourite thing I've seen on this recently is politics unboringed because UK politics lives in this shroud for me of exasperating tediousness and sort of like it just seems so stagnant and so kind of entrenched in sort of like its own legacy that I, I you just sort of feel like it's I don't know I'm just saying what a lot of people are saying aren't I like, oh, they're never going to change anything. They're all the same. Well, the thing is, they aren't all the same. OK, good. They're, they're just not. There is There are some similarities that are required in order to be elected, to be a mm. professional politician. There is some sort of persona that is accepted or that is, you know, it's still white man in a suit largely. You know, mm. we have some women, we have some people of colour, we have some people of different faiths. But, you know, largely there is this sort of um, to, to be to be sort of engaged with. You have to look as though you are of the establishment. Yeah. And I think okay. in that regard, yeah, broadly speaking, there are some similarities. But, you know... But we do is... have quite a, di- like a, sat- like a yeah. nice, di- diverse parliament when you actually look compared yeah, yeah. to probably a lot of places. And you do hear these voices. Um, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> literally saying that I think they're all the same. But people say that as, as a threat. Oh, it's all the same. It's not going to make it. They all lie. And I heard that this weekend as well on Derbyshire. It's like, mm. what's the point of voting? They never deliver on their promises anyway. Mm. It's all uh, a waste of time. Um, I'm done with it. <laughs> I can't yeah. be bothered. Um, 
And I and I think, you know, and then I saw, I've seen on Facebook a lot of, oh, I'm disenfranchised, I'm not going to vote for that person or this person. I don't mm. want that person to be prime minister. It's like, well, I, you know, then and there's some great quotes by inspiring people talking about <laughs> things like, you know, okay, maybe the, you know, maybe evil will succeed, but it's not going to do it because I didn't vote or because of my vote. And I think... Well, yeah. That is quite an important point in all this. Well, yeah, what, what do we say to people that aren't going to vote? We say um, not thinking about politics is a luxury that you have. It, like, if you're able to not think about politics and not have to engage with it because you need something from it, then that it's very selfish. You have to engage. Sorry, like, it's you're not allowed to... If you don't engage, then... Privilege! Check your fucking Privilege! <laughs> That's what you say. That's the only thing you can say, isn't it? Where's really? the Facebook? Yeah. Check your fucking privilege button. Um, yeah. Um, <coughs> which, good. you know, I haven't for a long time. And now I'm like, OK, I'm going to try and spend a little bit of time. But then, you know, last time there was a vote, I kind of expected, I had too high expectations of what information would be available about my candidates by Googling them. I sort of expected they might at the very least have a Twitter account, but apparently not. Um, so you yeah. just get this list of random names on the day and it's like, it turns into a function of, oh my God, like what, why didn't I do more research? Why don't I know anything about my candidates? Um, I mean, that was more a kind of local council election last time, I think. I know Karen Buck. Karen Buck's my Labour local MP. I am a bit annoyed that she just, I didn't get any response from my very sort of considered letter. Um, I know what the the counter argument to it is now, but still, like, you know, <laughs> so you had to reply to things. You should have at least have had an automated reply, even mm. if well, not. I got the automated reply, but, it's got, like, but no yeah, follow up. You know, come on. That's yeah, not what I'm doing here. I don't. I don't think I've ever had a reply that's been considered. The only real real way to get attention is to book and go and see your MP. Mm. <laughs> okay. That's what um, I've done that before. But this whole, they're all the same. And and then I think as well, there's something about understanding what you're voting for. OK, step one. Yeah, like what we're voting for. Like you're not actually voting for a party. Parties are sort of a thing that's emerged, but they're not really. You're voting for your MP. So forget yeah. about whether Corbyn is the leader of this party or someone else is the leader of Johnson or whoever it is. Like just like look at the person that. You have a choice to vote there, for and whether, you, yeah. you know, they can serve your interests. It's like, so one of the things that, one of, uh, a conversation I had ahead of the referendum with a young person on my team who the day before the referendum, whilst working in the offices of the Labour Party, though he wasn't a member, he was just there to hmm. be a programmer. And he was like, oh, you know, I don't really, I don't really know enough about it. And so I don't, I don't know which way I'm going to vote. And so we, we were like, look, stop working, <laughs> yeah. read these things. But also part of the conversation was like, what do you, you know, let's, let's have a talk about what do you like to do? Oh, I like to go skiing. I like to go mountain biking. I go to France a lot. I do this and I do that. Mm. I was like, well, sounds to me like you benefit from the fact that we're in the European Union. So if you're, if you're happy with how your life is, then vote for it to stay the same. You know, like in the, in that remain argument, this is mm. a relevant one. And, and I think there's this thing about like when you're looking to vote locally, how do you have an MP 
now and are they standing for re-election? OK, go and have a look at their voting history. On the things that matter to you, because they represent you, how did they vote? And if it happens that you, irrespective of party, if you've got somebody who on the relevant... Um, EU votes voted because it's that website they vote they work for you and you can mm. go and see people's voting records very clearly on things like equal marriage on things like women's rights on on whatever bills matter to you Iraq war go and have a look at which way they voted I think is a good place to start so it's even if which is and that's only obviously if you've got an incumbent who's restanding mm. um then you've got sort of how they how responsive they are at local issues. Do you feel like when they're on question time or when they're on the speaking in Parliament, do they represent you and your views? Mm-hmm. Are you proud that they're like Caroline Lucas is my MP. I am proud to have Caroline Lucas as my MP and she's not a Labour Party MP. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's those kinds of things. And then I think it gets trickier when it's somebody standing for the first time. Right. Because they've got no voting history. You don't know how well they're going to speak in Parliament. You don't know how well they're going to represent you. But then if they are new, they should be laying out their stall much more clearly. Mm. Well, question one is like, I'm, I'm Googling. I'm like, where, where do I find a list of who I can vote, who my bloody options are? Like, trying to find how to vote, register to vote. Like, actually finding who I'm choosing between is not trivial on the internet, apparently. Um, I know there's like, you know, they work for you and things like that. And there's sort of quizzes that who should I vote for that seem to be quite like party oriented rather than like individuals. Uh, like representatives, I'm like, what, what, where? Who are my candidates? What do I Google even? There's so the Democracy Club are quite a UK based. Um, as far as I know, they're fairly straight. Okay, here we go. I found it. So via BBC.co.uk politics constituencies. So I found out who I'm looking at. Or it doesn't include the uh, flyer I got through the door yesterday from some guy that wants to. Uh, Get Brexit done now, but also stop all racism and xenophobia. Oh, so that's ambitious. I don't know quite how that holds together, but it's weird, isn't it? Because like where you live tends to, if if where you live is a sort of function of your political affiliation to some extent, then that sort of adds to the feeling that oh, this is a pretty safe seat. There's no point turning up. Oh, the, the safe seat, there's no point turning up argument okay. is also, I think, a bit of a... This is where um, I think then voting is more of a, of a... It's not even a right, it's a citizenship duty hmm. to vote. It's, it's adding your tally to, you know, your vote to the tally. First of all, I think this concept of safe seat is dangerous. Yeah. That's why people didn't come out and vote in the, in the referendum. Oh, mm. Surely we're not going to leave. Um, and, you know, conversations like that. I think that you do have a citizenship duty to vote. And I put that above me persuading you to vote for something that I believe in or engaging in an argument with you about what you should, what I think 
would represent you or making sure you understand enough. I think going in and placing your vote is important. Mm. I have in the past, I was really pissed off with Labour after we went to pissed off as childish i was really upset with labor when we went to the war went to war in iraq but i was i was really angry and probably as disenfranchised as i've ever been but i still showed up and i just spoiled my vote Mm. and even though that was childish and i probably i'm not sure i would do it again i still turned up and i know the spoiled votes get counted Mm. they're still reported as we had you know, so-and-so this many, spoiled ballots this many. Um, and I think, I do think it's important. And then, you know, looking at the the history, I listened to this talk once by somebody, unfortunately, that all the information isn't in my head, but the way the Brighton and Hove city has changed politically, because when we got here in 91, this was a safe Tory area. And uh, certainly at council level, and then it slowly shifted and um, and then after the Iraq war, it shifted green really heavily because, mm. you know, I didn't vote for a Labour councillor. You know, I punished my local Labour councillors for uh, national politics. So it's nothing to do with them, mm. which is also, you know, like it, it's kind of I accept that it's like a natural response, but it's mm. not the right response because your local councillor works as, you know, more than any politician they work literally for you you can Mm. literally phone them up and go there's a pothole in my street i've phoned the council three times they've done nothing about it and your local councillor should go wow sorry let me investigate that for you that's their that's what they do um and so like you've got these local councillors and you've got your local mp who's not really engaged with local politics at all So I'm just thinking about how, like, even if you, you if you want to vote for the one that isn't necessarily going to win, that's important too. And just thinking about they they have people that are trying to predict and forecast and look at the numbers and like sort mm. of try and make sense of them. So if they see, if people see that there's suddenly like a surge in Green Party support in a yeah. sort of safe Labour seat, for example, then that's that's like an, a, a strong indicator that that's something that they're going to need to address right so even if the person doesn't get all of enough votes to actually get the seat it it doesn't mean that you they can you know that that your vote is just ignored because it kind of goes into that machine of sort of like let's try and predict what people are going to vote for and like what's important to people and um yeah Exactly. And I think it makes it, you know, if you're if you if you were a Labour MP who by some miracle won the seat against Caroline Lucas, um, you would have to know that your your green representation has to be strong. Otherwise, you are not going to get reelected. Yeah. And and even when we talk about, you know, when they make the argument for proportional representation, yeah. Um, they count, like, if we had proportional representation, we would have had something like 12 UKIP MPs and 15 Green MPs. It would have changed the... Mm. the, But it would mean that those... 
those people who are uh, dedicated to the values of the UKIP party, for example, mm. would be represented. Yeah. And whether I would like them to be represented mm. or not is irrelevant. You know, you kind of, you can't believe in de democracy or you can't accept democracy and not accept some of the downsides. Mm. But sometimes these conversations, if they're not in the open... They fester. You know, then, then they, they fester a, and then it... Some, everyone, so, it's, it, you know, it's not... It's not easy and then there's all this stuff going on at the moment about tactical voting and I mean my biggest fear at the moment in Brighton and Hove is that the progressive vote will be split uh, between the Green and Labour because a lot of Labour people in Brighton are fed up with the Labour Party mm. and so in our local elections we ended up with I think the Greens just got a majority mm. um but it was now I'm going to show my massive ignorance because I should know. But I I know it's very. But they've decided to have a little coalition and they're all working together mm. in peace and harmony. But it's like my bigger fear is that we end up with a Tory majority because the progressive vote gets split unnecessarily. I suppose in that sense, the growth of UKIP would be a benefit because it could split the Tory vote and get... Yeah, and that's <laughs> why I... they have this whole thing where the Brexit party have stood down all these MPs. Mm. This is where now then the whole tactical voting conversation and, you know, Nigel Farage say, get, takes money off people for the Brexit party and then stands them all down. It's like, because we're not splitting the Tory vote. Mm. That's disingenuous <laughs> as well. You know, and I... I understand. I really understand it, and I really do understand that you, um, you know, like I don't know. There are towns where Lib Dems could get in, but there's no chance of Labour getting in. Should you give your Labour vote to the Liberal Democrats? Mm. And you, you know, if you li listen to podcasts like I haven't listened to Romaniacs podcasts, I've listened to a couple of them, but they're big on tactical voting, and a lot of Remain, um, you know, people are campaigning on leave or remain that's their main objective they are real proponents of tactical voting but i find that difficult as well because it's not a one you know if there is it's not a one issue government we don't need a government that's just going to be campaigning to remain in the eu or just be for a new referendum we need one that's going to take you know, take austerity seriously. We need one that's going to take the climate seriously. And the only reason I've put said austerity before climate is because I don't think, as we've discussed a billion times, I don't think you can divide them. I think it's mm. really tricky, but I am afraid of this election. I'm scared mm. about what could happen, frankly. Let's uh, have a little bit of an opinion cast now. Even though it's not about parties, yeah. even though you're not voting for a party, let's talk about parties. Let's talk about the different parties, shall we? Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, top of the list, because they're currently in power, you have to talk about the Tories. And it's I just for me that UN Poverty Report is so damning of everything they've been doing. And I think from a very like authoritative sort of external party that I, I just don't know how anyone could look at that report and still sort of want to vote Tory. I think that 
poverty report, the reason I've been pushing it so much is for exactly that reason. Mm. It's like, I'm not telling you who to vote for, but here is the record. Oh, and I was at my, uh, I've got a brilliant hairdresser. I go, and, I go and get my hair done twice a year. Mm. Not, a, not a very regular activity, but my hairdresser is like a... He's in his 50s, he's an old punk, he's gay, he's got an MA in art history, yeah. he's, you know, we have, and he, whenever you, we have these chats, and he's, he's of that sort of punk generation, really, where mm. there's like, he likes a bit of controversy, and, you know, he grew up in South London, blah, blah. Anyway, we have these conversations, and, and, uh, and he will all, it, it, part of the joy of going to, to see him, I'll go to his house, and we have the telly on with the sound down and music on, and it's, very different experience but we so we have this we we row generally for okay. two or three hours about my uh, about whatever the topic is because if i say white is black he, he will just say the opposite of whatever okay. but he and i said to him oh i'd read this un poverty report and his first response was ah oh, but you know how are they defining poverty <laughs> i was like i was like look i know what you do yeah. <laughs> and i but i'm not playing the game today i was like look I said, the UN inspector came, you know, the uh, representative of the United Nations came to the UK and produced this report. He goes, oh, but he represents the Western world. No, he doesn't. He represents the world. It's the United Nations of the world because, you know, after the Second World War, I literally mm. did this. Like, after the Second World War, we all decided we didn't really want another war. So we all got together and went, mm, how are we going to avoid this? And so I was like, I'm not questioning the source at all i said that would be the same as me sitting in front of the doctor and the doctor going i'm very sorry but you've got cancer and me going well how are you defining cancer <laughs> it's like are you defining it at, you know it's like yeah. it's irrelevant it's not i don't care i'm not getting into that so we had this co but for me, for me that report is so like you say so damning of the ideological assault yeah on a percentage of the population what's really terrifying about it is this sort of like automation of their broken value system the automation of that like poverty is a lack of character thing yeah 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 it's yeah, like they've yeah, just yeah. gone okay like assuming that basically people that don't have any money are lazy and terrible yeah Let's yeah. automate that into an AI-driven system. You and know. it's like the the thing, you know, there's there's a couple of things. I've I've worked on universal credit. I'm sure I've said that on on mm. uh, on podcasts before. And you know, there's parts of the policy that are good, mm. definitely. But there's a couple of bits of it that make such privileged assumptions so the fact that for example like he says in that report that you know you have to wait because when people have proper jobs they get paid monthly therefore you need to learn to get paid monthly so we're going to pay your benefits monthly the fact that you were on a job that paid weekly until the day you lost your job mm. and therefore don't have two grand in the bank yeah. to keep you going for while we sort out shit out and get your first payment. Yeah, yeah. Five-week like, minimum mandatory waiting mini period. Starvation period. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's like you've got to pray you lose your job in the summer so you don't have to pay for your heating as well as your food. I mean, it's just not... Th th these are things that are... In, in theory, sitting in a in a in some sort of think tank around a flip chart with some post-it notes might have sounded like a good idea to somebody, but somebody needs to test that before they roll yeah. it out and inflict it on people. And if you were a company doing this, you would not just 
go, okay, we're going to experiment on these people and then yeah. just we're not going to refund them their money if it doesn't turn out to be a good thing. We're just going to kind of let them, let them die. Like, well, yeah, literally let them die. And then they've got this whole two-child thing. Yeah. So you get your benefits for your first two kids. And um, the, be- the, the best argument I've heard for that is like, what, so what, if you've got four kids, what do you do? Give them one shoe each? And then people go, oh, well, people shouldn't have that many children if they can't afford them. It's like, what if, this is one of the things, this is what you and I have said again. Mm. We, you know, it's like, don't vote as though you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like, what if you get ill tomorrow yeah. and you can't work? What if both you and your partner get ill tomorrow? Yeah. You know, you may have got four kids yeah. that you could afford, but then one of you dies, yeah. one of you gets hit in a car accident. Well, I don't know. One of the two like, of you requires full-time care all of a sudden and then you find, yeah, that woman that's like, I can't rent anywhere because they won't give it to someone with... The, you know, blaming people for their problems and bringing sanctions against them, like for stuff that is beyond their control which only makes it way worse and it's that's how you know that sort of privileged few sustain themselves so it's a benefit to the conservatives to have lots of people in poverty because that means more interest payments for them which you know it's, oh, yeah 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 it's like I mean, but it's oh, the other side of it and again this is my conversation with my hairdresser continues mm, <laughs> i was like yeah. like Punishing people does not stop them having more children. We know this. There is endless data on the fact that the only thing that reduces birth rate are... De- well, the, the the biggest thing is decreased child mortality, mm. um, which is sort of just a general, a general thing, you know, vaccinations, all that sort of stuff that help children survive early in- infancy. But mostly it's about educating mothers. That is the single most reliable way to reduce birth rates. And we live in a country that is punishing people for having too many children at the same time as defunding schools. Yeah. So what 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 do you want? <laughs> it's like, you know, what exactly? What who put this strategy together? Because they are not trying to reduce birth rates and they are not trying to improve people's living standards they are simply trying to punish and like you say make money off of I don't know, making money from people's money. thing and, and also completely like Ugh. ignoring the, the cost of poverty thing as well. Like, yeah, it, it's just stupid at a certain level as well because it just costs you more to have a lot of people in poverty at the end of the day. You've yeah, more yeah. people in A&E, more people that, you know, need sort of like emergency help. Um, more crime, more, you know, like everyone just feels worse but, and a yeah. bit more scared. Like this is, you know, conservative values. No, let's automate. Let's let's kind of systematize this contempt for people who have by no fault of their own found themselves in poverty. Treat them like they don't know how to manage their money when you yeah. don't know what it's like to have to manage money. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a thing over and over again that came out in that the research with people living on these really small budgets. Yeah. So they know how to budget. Jeez. And, you know, like there there is the the, the percentage of people who do live this sort of, you know, this kind of stereotype of the feckless unemployed who, uh, you know, don't know what they're doing and just idiots um, should know better. You know, that they that is not a stereotype that plays out. 
Yeah, and any, yeah, right. you know, like you can sit in a room full of people, you know, DW people and all go, yeah, like these women, they know how to make money stretch. Yeah. And, and you can sort of say, well, maybe Mr. Trust Fund Man, Mr. Family Estate Man, maybe you're just projecting your own lack of ability, your <laughs> yeah, own yeah, yeah, lack yeah, yeah. of understanding like, of like, how to spend money. You don't have to think about it. So how could you possibly know? And, and yet you're going to set the rules by which people have to sort of spend their money. And then uh, just also from um, Rutger, you know, Bregman's... Uh, well, yeah, was it... Yeah, yeah Bregman's... The, the, the whole kind of universal basic income thing, like, the key part of that is the predictability of the income. So if you sort of knew that if you did lose your, your fucking zero-hour contract job tomorrow, that you would still be able to get enough money to sort of, you know, to tide you over for the next one at the end of the week, predictably then you can keep planning and stay on top of things. But if the system sort of like punishes you for that straight away and removes your ability to even make any plans, that's where that's where people just kind of like fall off. And that's where it's just like, oh, yeah. I'm just... Heroin just seems like a just a more reliable alternative at this yeah, point because yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't plan. I've just got debt. I've just got nothing. So how am I supposed yeah. to do anything but okay well at least this will make me feel like everything's going to be okay for a little bit and and we we just finished watching top boy on netflix which has some commentary on this as well so you sort of see the top boy top boy so it's like the wire but in london i think is the sort of quickest way of explaining (laughs) it um but yeah it's got these it's got the gangs and all that kind of thing and then it's just got it just literally shows like this woman gets like um you know the immigration control comes in because i think she's windrush generation woman like gets like the, the the immigration people come in and like take a, say oh no you're not allowed to work so now she's got this kid and you know she's been just hard working in this school all this time and she loses that job because of the nonsense and then the kid is just like he just wants to help her so he starts off like selling burgers at school and then of course like wants to join the drug gang as soon as pos- possible because he can get you know enough money to maybe they don't have to move out of their house and like yeah. it's just like it's very clear like you don't have to be a genius to sort of make the connection between taking away people's agency taking away people's i mean yeah if jobs are the most important thing if you're going to deny people the right to work as well as denying them any benefits what are you doing you're just creating a class of people that are never going to anyway that's tories but 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 but, but, (laughs) well yeah that's probably good but that's the thing that i think the the language in that un poverty report it just seems to be like a systematic attack yeah why like you say what is the logic in removing the right to work from somebody who's worked in the country for 50 years or like what it's what? Why? To what end? To yeah. what end? That's the thing I don't understand. What? Like walking. We were out in Brighton last night. We walked along the seafront and through town, and you know it was half eight, nine when we were walking. So you know those people that were sleeping rough mm. are they're there now for the yeah. night. It's raining. It's cold. And we were going along. You know, we gave out some. We we just left a launch event, so we got some cheese and beer <laughs> that was in our goodie bags. So we're giving out cheese and beer and cash and like it's like. Like fuck <laughs> this, and then we, you know you can't give everybody money as you walk home because you're walking past. So it's the first three, and then you run out. You know, it's like it's, it's 
I, I think it's just like transparent bullying of people with no power. It's just punching down. It's just saying, you can't do anything about this. And no. we might be able to scrape a little bit of extra tax cut out of this if we kind of stop giving you anything. We're safe from the consequences of it. So we won't worry about it. We'll just kind of take it away and pretend. Mm. And, and like this, it's the, yeah, the Tories top, posh voice. This is me and my Eton education to assume that I'm right about everything. And if I don't know something, then I will just assume that it's not true or doesn't exist. And I've got by perfectly well all this time. And people like my confidence and my posh voice. And I am <laughs> entitled to this seat and this. And now I'm just doing a Boris Johnson impression. I, I went to an event, uh, a, a nice good event with good people it okay. was like a, it was a and a and there was a networky bit because we don't all know each other but we all kind of occasionally work on projects together and uh i sort of had my little speed dating bit with the one of the other contractors and he goes and then with the question you had to answer that was why do people employ you and he said mostly because i'm a male oxbridge graduate with a posh accent yeah. <laughs> and he was like he's like i've got qualifications and i know stuff but mostly people hire me for that and i'd be lying if i if i if i said it wasn't true yeah. but you know he did it in a a sort of self-deprecating way but yeah. you know at least he's conscious of the fact that it's a thing Rather oh, than strolling around I mean, oblivious. People, is this, is this, it sort of explains for me, like, why I've been able to take some fairly aggressive risks over the years. Because just even... I just think about, like, getting this flat in Berlin and just, like, the sublet was... Like, a lot of the time I'll sort of go in somewhere and I'll just sort of seem to get what I want <laughs> in a kind of way. <laughs> and it'll be like, oh, you can make an app and maybe you will help me with my app. But... If I wasn't white and had a nice English accent, there'd be there'd be more kind of in the negative column, wouldn't there? And it'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. no. I mean, I, I don't think so. But just the fact that I kind of tick those privileged those those oh there, mm, yeah, no, he seems a, he seems like a good bet. Yeah, 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 and yeah, I am yeah, a good yeah, yeah. bet because <laughs> it's it's self self reinforcing, isn't it? As well, it's like, well, I've been given the opportunities and I've taken them, and then that means that you know I'm not going to sort of start. Being all slimy. So, yes, as you said a moment ago, mm. well, that's the Tories. That's the Tories. <laughs> and they, we haven't, we haven't even gone into, like, baking your Twitter account. Oh, God. <laughs> cool, cool guys. Cool guys. It's Machiavellian strategies and that's what we're going to do and we don't that's care about anything or believe in... Like, is, is it, can Tories 
like in the Boris Johnson sense, it's not even an ideology anymore at no. that point. No, he's not no, even no, no. ideologically no. opposed to Paul. He's just like, whatever I have to say. Yeah, Seen the clip what? of him going, um, well, this isn't a press event. And the guy going, well, <laughs> the press, who are they? There's cameras, <laughs> like literally lying to the person about the cameras in front of the cameras. And like, oh my God, like how far does that fucking eaten oh, confidence dude. reality distortion field take you <laughs> it's like but, anyway, but yeah that yeah. was that that whole twitter thing and then apparently they did a fake manifesto site and then there was something else the other day and i was like how little respect mm. does that show every single one of us the process the yeah. institute the you know the sovereign nation of the united <laughs> kingdom the whole lot of us he, they've all just sat there and gone <laughs> yeah, let's do whatever we have to because we care about want. power more than looking after people that's so lovely yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think i've got an elsa wand <laughs> that's charming uh, well oh uh, drag I'll race uk better. final we watched last night where you win a oh, yeah. scepter you don't win a hundred thousand dollars in the uk drag race for, I presume, BBC reasons, but uh, one of the best series of Drag Race ever. The British really? one. So good. I almost couldn't handle it. Like, like you've got to be ready. Like, I just, like, when I started on the first episode, I was like, this is too much for me. But that, it's like getting into a hot bath. It's like, to start off with, you're like, ah, what is this? So much pink. So, so many things. And then you sort of, like, get into it and you're like, ah, I love it. <laughs> Best Donald Trump impression you will ever see. Like, just amazing. Um, anyway, sorry, that's a diversion. But anyway, what I, what I wanted to do... a good one. Little light want, relief. Look at the kittens. Look, look at, at the, the kittens. kittens. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, no, it's just got Donald Trump drag saying to Margaret Thatcher in drag, yeah, that's how you fuck up a country. <laughs> Very good. I was gonna, well, I was going to do this before we remembered the ideological poison is the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the Tories, I was going to say but listeners, hey, have you ever met a good Tory? Write in, tweet us at Podcast Grant Have you ever, are we being racist against Tories and white people? Is the liberal elite taking over and ousting our precious politicians and replacing them with Anyway, but um, may, may, maybe yeah. though, on the subject of precious elite and politicians, you know, off the back of the Prince Andrew shenanigans, I've glimpsed. <laughs> I'm not going to even click on one of those articles. No, no, but. I have a. I didn't watch it. I mean, I've just read yeah. the, the. I'm not. I. I really sometimes have to. I stop myself from clicking on anything <laughs> that says royalty in it. But it's like, could though this be the end of the? Eaton elite, the royal elite, all of it in one go, gone. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, could it? And then we can, you know, and then what? So what? If it is all a bit fucked, at least, at least we did it ourselves. <laughs> at least we voted for it.
we have been accused by Bruce. By Bruce. Yes, Bruce. Of Sorry. An offhand dismissal of Labour. Which I was like, well, I don't think it's offhand, and I sort of trust that Ivanka has enough experience with them to know. And whereas mine is, I, I, maybe I am guilty of this. I can't remember now. But like Labour, what, what, why, why can't I quite be bothered with them at this point? I, the thing is, like, I see, I see the clips of Corbyn, and, and it's the right. And even when I, you know, I complain about his bargain basement Britain slogan, right, as being a bit like pathetic in a way, but it was exactly the right thing to be talking about at the same time. It was exactly the nub, the root of the Brexit thing. That's before I knew that this was the thing that had kind of set it all off, was this um, you know, tax avoidance laws. And he's sort of arguing against turning Britain into this tax haven place that yeah. everyone just like hides all their money and like a sink for the rest of the world's kind of well-being as well as our own um he was saying that and i think obviously he's been working with people to, i just think they're overthinking it a bit too much i think i think so my if i have been guilty of any offhand dismissal of the labor party mm. bruce then just because i'm cross with them doesn't mean i don't think they should be in power <laughs> and perhaps if if i was on itv or the BBC, I probably wouldn't be as frank, but seeing as our listenership is quite limited, <laughs> this is mostly a conversation between me and Michael. I think, you know, you have to pause and you have to look around and go, There's, things could be better, things could be done better in the Labour Party. And my experience of working in the Labour Party headquarters was quite disappointing, to say the least. However, uh, I agree, and I've had this conversation at a dinner party, we had trustees dinner we had a meeting and then we had dinner around one of the trustees house and we were talking about politics of course uh, there's a surprising number of people this reminds me who mm. i know who are labor party and green party members mm. which is obviously not allowed but it seems to be a thing um but we were talking about the fact it's like right whilst i think that things can be done better in the labor party i would in no way want that to take away from the fact that i they have my 100% support in this election okay <laughs> so, so i i would rather we were in power we mm. <laughs> me and my comrades <laughs> then um yeah no i don't i think it's scales isn't it well and i suppose it's like you don't have to be northern to like the labor party you don't have to like you don't have to be a coal miner to support the labor party if we could all run into problems don't think, vote for a tax yeah. break like vote for when you both come down with something yeah anyway this is, we've already said this but like but is this is this is this that would we say this is the nub of what the Labour Party stands for? Are they socialism? Are they yeah the, yeah, the, 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 the Labour Party? In fact, in some ways, is part of I think the resistance to Corbyn is he's shift is taking the conversation more to the left, mm. a lot more to the left, which is then freaking out the people who are like, oh, let's all just rub along and find some progressive centre mm. that's just. You know, everyone's happy. But what we've got is a left going further left, which is freaking people out, and a mm. right that's going further right. Mm. Broadly speaking, the Labour Party stands for the welfare sector. We can't afford to have any more cuts. We can't afford the cuts we've already got. Yeah, and you can't just... You can't make A&E more efficient. No. Like you, you don't. That's not... 
what you make an it, emergency you make, service is. <laughs> you make A and E more. I've been listening to so many. This is the reality. I was. I had a meeting with some people that I'd worked with at Brighton Council. It's like social care. They're looking. They've they've not got the money to sign a, a maintenance contract for one of the critical systems. So there's just mm. oh, no money there is no money there's no money coming there's no money and this is you know that like i was listening to a program the other day that like all the cuts to the national health dentistry because that's one of the labor policies is to bring you know reinvigorate and bring back the so free checkups for free right. first checkup for everybody and it's like a and e is filled with people with toothache <laughs> that shouldn't have toothache because they should be able to afford to go to the dentist mm. You know, so it's like, you know, if you had a free checkup twice a year, you would go. A lot more people would go. It's expensive going to the dentist yeah. for everybody, frankly. Yeah. It's hard to get an NHS dentist. So it's like all of these policies that the Labour Party are putting together, some very clever policies, their cycling policy. Chris Kenyon was involved in advising mm. on their cycling policy. You know, like they've got some and it, they're not talking about it in terms of cycling they're talking about it in terms of transport mm. they're talking about it in terms of changing the way that we get around which mm. we all know we need to do we can't handle any more pollution we can't you know that it's it's not just about reducing um, fossil fuel emissions it's about being able to breathe mm. so welfare state please let's not welfare state. destroy it because it, it, it's just short-termist nonsense uh, this this idea that you can kind of keep cutting public services and, and not end and up spending more money overall. And the uh, you know when people sort of oh you know it all costs money, but it does. It's like um, Roosevelt. It was Roosevelt that rebuilt. He was the president that um, did the building the road and rail infrastructure mm. in the states after at the end of the depression to get people back into work. Mm. It's like spend giving people wages to build a thing stimulates your economy. Mm. Like this is the whole thing about the the aspects of this Green New Deal and creating new green jobs for people. Mm. You know, don't just close the coal mines, give mm. people something to do. Like it's not a so so what if we employ a load more dentists and teachers and nurses? Fuck, let's just all pay each other to look after each other. Brilliant. Yeah, what and a meanwhile, great economy. you're doing that anyway in the military sector, like paying contractors through the nose, like private sector contractors. So why not pay some citizens like yeah, yeah, much yeah. less money and actually get a lot more value out of it and everyone's better off. But yeah, it's just it's not seen the same way. Can we do a to be continued? Yeah, to right. be continued. This is to be continued. In the next episode, we're going to touch on the thing that everyone can't... Look, I'm just enjoying this conversation about Labour, not having any mention of the thing that every single article about Labour seems to have to now mention, regardless yeah. of context. I think, like, I also want to, like, invite people to... I mean, we are recording these back to back, but I guess if someone hears this episode and has something to contribute, that if someone says something interesting enough, maybe we can do a little like addendum thing. Yeah, yeah. Having heard a little bit of feedback, schedule that in. This is an important topic. Yeah, because we've just got this. Yeah, like because we kind of have to do. Yeah, maybe we can do that. Um, but for now, we're gonna we're gonna to be continued on our discussion of the Labour Party. 
Bruce. So we'll yeah, Bruce. <laughs> so Sorry, Bruce. Outro music, and then yes, comrade Bruce, comrade. Ed. <laughs> okay. I was in a pub in Derbyshire, oh. and people were, didn't want to talk about politics, and I was like, "Listen, comrades, <laughs> we need to discuss this." Mm. I had to keep it light-hearted and backtrack heavily, but can you imagine if I'm I'm almost certainly going to learn the words to the Internationale just so I can stand up. In pubs. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I'm Don't know what people that is. Up. Let's get out of this episode. Okay. <laughs> for listening if you like the podcast go to grandpodcast.com there's a subscribe button there or do it in the app that you're using where can people find you Ivanka people can find me at Ivanka on Twitter and Grand Podcast Instagram because my personal Instagram is far too personal um, <laughs> uh, you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com YouTube Michael Forrest doing some stuff Instagram Michael Forrest occasionally Twitter but probably not if you are fancy we've got Patreon you can be our Try and be Third. a thousandth supporter. <laughs> Get them well before they run out. <laughs> Apparently, if you create scarcity of something, then it makes it, it more desirable. More I don't yeah. know. You can. We've like, we can use it because, like, I've, like yeah, I'm, I've got no income and I, I'm doing it okay now, but, you know, I start to run out of time again and it starts to eat into everything else if I have to go and bloody. So just a quid. It's fine. What else? Uh, if you can, if you have time, it would we would be really appreciative of any five star reviews you can give us and any really elaborate recommendations that you can write. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, do that. And, feed the algorithms. Feed the algorithms. Uh, tell your friends. Get their phones. Subscribe. We've had over twenty thousand downloads of our podcast. That's a big number, isn't it? It's big, isn't it? That's lots of people listening to us Bru- for Bru- an hour. Bru- potentially. Can you imagine? Bru- Poor Bruce and Auntie Annette and Bex and Lisa and Sharon and Nick have listened to a lot of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, and thanks to those, thanks to our loyal <laughs> listenership. Our family and friends. Our family. Listening to this six weeks after the election has already taken place and, I don't know, we're too late. But, you know, hopefully you're going to be like, oh, I'll have a think about this. Um, yes. But, yeah, so... Ooh, I think that's it, isn't it? That'll do us. Thanks for listening. Email us hello at grandpodcast.com or tweet us at podcastgrand. And we'll um, see you next time. Bye! Bye, 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 bye. bye, 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 bye. bye.